Well, good evening, everybody. We got Gary Spike Sr. We got Crystal. Let's see who else is in the audience that's sliding in. Jesse C., hello there. So we're down a few people tonight. Barb has got no power. Mike, his house is upside down, but I think he's in the woods serenading. Oh, baby. That's what's really going on. Yes. So, but uh, we're going to do things a little different tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to flip the switch and, yes, open mic. Come on the live show with us tonight and ask your questions. So, ask away if you want to come on the show. Uh, happy Wednesday. It's all right, Crystal. Mm-hmm. It is happy hump day. Okay. Hello, Lorna. Lorna, welcome. Nice to have you with us, everybody. But if you want to come on the show, uh, send me a private message. Grizzly Chris on Facebook, on Messenger, and I'll send you the link, and we'll bring you on if you want to come on and say hello, or you want to tell your story. So I noticed, Chris, that uh, a lot of people are harvesting their deer right now. I see a lot of big bucks being brought in. So I'm waiting for all the stories to come in about Bigfoot. Yeah, it usually goes hand in hand, right? Yeah, I know, right? So. uh I've been ordering me some supplies to uh, get uh, back in the saddle called my old lieutenant. It's like, <clears throat> uh, Grizzly is in town. He was like, okay, uh, you coming up to the station? I'm like, yeah, call your chief, make sure it's all right. And uh, he's like, we're going to go shoot? I'm like, yeah, heck yeah. I'm bring out some toys. So I got to get some supplies going and stuff. A new a new report that says that we're using crystals as a new hard drive to hold information. Any thoughts on it? Anthony Lewis, that is old news. That is approximately 15 years old. Uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, what's that science magazine? Popular Science. Popular probably. Science, yes. Popular Science 15 years ago main announcements that they thought that they can record data on crystals and how they figure this out. Was it in Mexico or Mexican territory where they have these big giant caves with these crystals where they look, people look like ants. Uh, Somehow uh, scientists accidentally somehow record information on it like a record. So yes. um, So they did that. So I uh, heard that one. Yes. Uh, do people even keep their pelts anymore? Yes, they do. Uh, a lot of people now where I come from, uh, actually, uh, we took our deer to get them processed. If we didn't want the pelts, they would ask if they can keep them because they had people that would tan their hides and so forth. So, yes. Hey, Brian, we were just talking about you for the show. Yeah. We Are we always? But, uh, but no, but yeah, so it is interesting. Hey, Penny Van, that is interesting about the crystals. You know, I'm, you know, uh, I remember when we used to go to the store, the Blockbuster, and rent v- VHS tapes and uh, VCRs. Yeah, remember those days? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're showing our age here. So, and then, then when DVDs first come out, we were like, what was that? 
or what is that in CDs? But anyways, but uh, laser but no. discs. Yeah. They were like big as a record. They were huge. Yeah, that, I that I knew that that wasn't going to fly. They were too expensive. They were, but but really, so uh, a lot of people are out in the woods. So I, I'm I'm waiting. Uh, I'm always constantly checking my emails. And uh, and every time my phone dings, I'm like, is this an encounter? Is this somebody reaching out saying, uh, Anthony Lewis, Anthony Lewis, like, yeah, I remember those days. Uh, better go back to eight tracks. Oh, my God. Remember when the little suckers got eight up? Oh, man. You had to sit there and try to unwind it or wind it back in oh. with a pencil. Even the old cassettes. I used to get so I, mad. I hate paying those rewind fees. I used to get so damn mad. I'm like, just put it in the <laughs> rewinder. Like, and it was done, right? And it was like three bucks. And they charge you. Yes. Yeah. There's where high Those were the, the days. One home, the one at home took you five minutes to rewind it. Yeah, right? Jeepers. I remember putting the TV on the warm-up, black and white. Remember when those tubes used to warm up? It sounded like you were tuning um, in Tokyo, like the spacecraft was getting ready to launch. But anyway, remember, but no. remember the first remote controls that that was that was yeah it had me getting slapped no nah, me getting slapped in the back of the head oh yeah from dad hey go go change the channel <laughs> yeah right that was the right. first remote control then the I real ones came out pole. so but the first remote control had a wire to it and always got tied up in it they're like I'm like well, I don't have the wire just laying there but but no That's but uh. Uh, just to see my first car had an eight track player. So, but no, nah, it shows our age, right? Nobody mm-hmm. kids these days don't know what that is. So, it's amazing what the what changes too. have came across all these years. It's a, it's crazy. Hey, the first cell phone, man, I was the bomb. We would ride around town, ladies and gentlemen, with the car windows rolled up with no AC. We would act like we were talking on it. Everybody's like, damn, look at Grizzly. I mean, it was like a, like $3.95 a minute. We weren't talking to nobody. We were just jaw jacking. <laughs> Everybody thought we were like cool kids, you know? <laughs> you know, it was like we're calling a NATO strike or something. And it was a bag phone, you know, three watts, cause you, you know, brain cancer in like six months. Yeah, they're about this big. Uh, so, yeah. They're huge. But, uh, but I, I remember those days. But uh, but no, so I'm I'm waiting for the reports. Uh, Val's getting reports every day from hunters. No surprising. So he's yeah. logging those in. He's probably doing that right now at the keyboard, watching us laughing. Probably. I got a good guest coming on Monday night. Who's uh, uh got some, basically a, I don't know if he calls it a clan or a family on his property. And he's been dealing with them for years. Um, he's on BigfootTalk.com. And uh, it's going to kind of hide his, his identity a little bit, but um, he's got some interesting stuff to tell us. So can't wait to share that on Monday. You guys will be surprised at what he has to say. You know, we never did that. ask, you know, people like Gary or Standing Stone. We never did ask like people like Crystal or Gene. What do they think about Bigfoot? What are they? Who are they? Why are they here? What are their purpose? What are your thoughts? You know, I always want to know what people think about these creatures or beings. 
Stanley Stone's just got here and he's just throwing me underneath the bus. You remember the wheels <laughs> on the bus go round and round? Yes. So, Gene, should should we tell them? Yeah, tell me. I want to know. Inquiring minds always want to know. You know, uh, we always my laptop tossing. Then we fix the FY signal. You don't you don't need your laptop. Just take your keys and do the speech to text. Standing stones. And let me know what you think about Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Young Tonga, Ting Tonga. Mm-hmm. Or whatever you want to call them, Yeti or whatnot. I mean, what are you one, one of my favorite questions to ask our guests. So it's uh, it's always an interesting to know what people think about it. You know, what do you think? There's no animal? right or wrong answer. No, absolutely not. No, nobody's an expert on this, truly, and uh, we only know what we share, right? So it's not bad to share. What in the hell? What? My whole desk shook like left to right, like violently. Did you not see my camera move? Uh-uh. Wow, Grizzly, you got cool stuff in your shop. What do you mean? Did you saw that too? Or guess it's getting around, huh? <laughs> Whoa. Uh, let's see, Grizzly. I've known about the forest people since I was a little spark as far as back as I can remember. There are people with gifts. I don't have to think about it. See? That's what I'm talking about. Uh, there you go, Gary. Now wait for the attack. So, were y'all playing with tricks on me or something? <laughs> uh, Karen Clayton, Guardians of the Inner Earth, believe in predators, can, are carnivore, only eat roots, grubs for healing properties. I've heard of that, Karen. I've heard that many times, people saying that. Mm-hmm. So, that's interesting. Uh, Lorna, I wonder what they think about us, and they're all different us from other creatures. You know, we I actually brought that up. Hey, Russell, welcome to the show, Russell Easterbrooks. I actually brought that up about uh, ghosts on the last show. What do the spirits think about us? We're like, hey, you, can you hear me? Hello, can you make this cold blink? You know. Does it aggravate the the hell out of them? Not these idiots again. (laughs) You know, you never know. See the the desk shimmy, didn't you? Man, I I I thought it was me at first because I I was like, I don't know, just I don't know. Lorna, there are people just like us. Is that what you think, Gary? They're human. Crystal's laughing. Crystal, you don't have a voodoo doll, do you? And you got pins, do you? Uh, no, Grizzly, no tricks. Uh, we will tell a story when my daughter when my daughter died. They honored my daughter with three days of silence. Wow. Uh, and the support I got was amazing. That is very wow. interesting. So you have a deep running relationship with these beings then. Not really a story. It's the truth here. Well, I understand where you're coming from. Yes. I do. I know what you're saying. But see, stuff like this is like what I like to hear is people's mm-hmm. other encounters. She said, no, sir, I don't do dolls. No. Uh, Gary Spikes, they protected me most of my life. It's interesting. I've heard that as well. Mm. Karen Clayton, Gene, that sounds so cool. I believe them and they respect us. 
And just you see, I think they're better than most people. Debbie, I'm very curious about them, but honestly, wouldn't want them come face to face with one. LOL, I think just like people, they are good ones and bad ones. I totally agree with you. Uh, hopefully, I never run across a bad one. Yeah, right. But I have no clue. But one thing I'm getting fed up with is all this bogus uh, CGI pictures floating around. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Gene Hudson, my whole life, everywhere I go, been here 20 years this March. I also have a dog man pack here. And they live next to each other. See, I hear that a lot, Gene. Hmm. It's interesting. But also here, on the other hand, they don't get along. They yeah. have their side of the land and others have their side. Uh, Gary Spikes, Debbie, they're good and bad, just like you said. So, so people do know more than us. And it's the people like this that usually don't come forward and speak and tell because they know mm -hmm. all and they sit and watch and listen so it's interesting it's amazing to hear these stories and not just stories like she said facts well hello there hello how are my friends doing good all how right, about right. you doing all right got out of the Thumbs shower nice and clean well fed well good so how are you doing tonight Doing okay. Kind of bummed I can't get out in the woods with deer season, but. Yeah, you can. You just got to be careful where you go, right? But there probably uh, won't be as much activity out there anyways. No, Gene Hudson, they protected my whole life, but I'm careful to respect them. I teach my dogs to respect them. Respect goes a long way. So, yeah, interesting. So, Brian, we're just kind of going down and chatting with the chat folks and picking their brain about some of the stuff that they know and what they think and you know just getting a little more out of them love it you know, feeling the joining the conversation with us i gotta figure out how to see the chat <laughs> my click on it yeah it should be go. off the side it should say comments got it so what are your thoughts what what are they what are who? Ryan. Bigfoot. Before I was strictly with the uh, flesh and blood, you know, descended a Giganopithecus, but since joining the, these groups, uh, that's definitely changed. Uh, I think they're more of a people, you know, with language and family structure and everything else and now with the cloaking throws a new wrench in my whole belief system because you know most mammals don't cloak so you know i i was totally against that until grizzly showed me barb shoots video and i'm like oh man i gotta rethink that so i i don't know where to line on that I, th I think they're a type of people and they just think they have more natural abilities than we do maybe tap more into their primal brain we we rely on tech and i think they rely on instincts gary spike yeah. says uh nothing personal grizz but when we tell what we know we get made fun of and ridiculed and that's a shame gary 
That's what's wrong with the world. And hopefully we are making a difference in that. But uh, in small steps, I hope, where people come forward and, and tell their story. So yeah, definitely, definitely uh, like to have a comfort space here for anybody who wants to talk about stuff. We don't want to make anybody worried about being made fun of. Uh, we've had pretty, pretty open dialogue and conversation about a lot of different topics in general. I mean, all the way down to, you know, Grizzly believing in fairies, which I, I saw it too. So we don't judge anybody around here. So we can understand how you feel though. And it's, it is a shame that the community gets that way. Um, yeah. But, like, know, that's Lauren wants to know, what does cloaking mean? Cloaking means is that, uh, have you ever seen the movie Predator? That's the best way that I can describe it. It's like the shimmering effect. Like people call it the glimmer man. Like the Predator does. It just mm -hmm. absorbs the surrounding backgrounds and it just glimmers and just like the predator uh, cloaking uh, in 2004, the government said that we can make a goldfish and bunny disappear. And they used a cloaking method. They figured out how to use uh, and bend light. And they have material where they can cover up tanks and ships to reflect light. Uh, it's interesting. Well, uh, you can Google that and I'll show it. Gene Hudson. Uh, yes, they have their own language. They also speak English. They just speak it so fast that you can't understand it. But if you ask them to slow down, sometimes they will. Interesting. Jesse C., Gary, I would never really kill you or anyone for what they experience. Well, Jesse C., unfortunately, we live in a cruel and harsh world, and people do. Gary says, that's why we come here, because you don't make fun of us. And no, and if anybody does, they are banned for life. Not only in this chat, other chats, groups, and other groups as well. Mm -hmm. So Lauren says, oh, yes, now I know what you're talking about. Gene Hudson, yes, Gary, they don't tell you not to let the door hit you on the way out when they disagree or like someone else knows. Yes, Debbie, my first tree knock this summer was astonishing, but frightening also. Yes, absolutely, it's frightening. I still get scared cool. going in the woods. Uh, Gary, I didn't believe in cloaking until a couple of years or a couple of weeks ago. I correct, I correct that. It's a couple of weeks ago, and I saw it happen. Oh. I didn't believe in it until I saw the video, and it freaked me out. Right. And then I seen other people's videos, and they were chasing things in the woods, and they couldn't explain it. And they were losing their stuff because they were going mental. And having breakdowns. So. Was it like messing with them? Yeah. Kind of give them the run around. And, and, and they would go in pursuit. And they would see exactly where it went. And they would go right there. And it did not come out. Gone. Yeah. So. And they well, had the it. shimmering effect. So. Huh. Mine was in the video. It was in your yard. Yeah. See, I would have I would have had a stroke. And I would have died. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah standing stones all you gotta do is just uh ask and it's all you gotta do and there you go check your inbox and you got the link uh grizz uh, sent an email pick can't attach okay not a problem gene i want to share that nine percent of sightings are scary experiences yes 
they are protecting you from something. They will hurt you if you are too close to the babies. No, it sounds like a bear. If you see one, there's three. I always heard that. Uh, Jesse C., they are master tricksters. Crystal, my experiences are all paranormal and unexplained and not big for dog man. And I don't want dog man. Y'all can keep dog man. So I'm not sold on dog man yet, but. Brian's getting that man. one story that was pretty shocking to me where the, what was the, your, the dog got thrown through the window? Yeah, my mom back in the or late 60s, or I'm sorry, it was 63 because they moved up where I am now in 64. The uh, kind of a foggy night out and everybody's watching TV. And all of a sudden they hear their German Shepherd that they had chained outside start barking. And then it yipes in pain and just goes silent. And all of a sudden, the German, I don't know how much it weighed, but it was a big dog, came through the front window with the chain wrapped around his neck. And my grandpa was a World War II vet. So what they did was immediately push the big bookcases that he, you know, actually had books back then, pushed it in front of the window. And then the front door started shaking violently. So he grabbed his gun and sat there and then when the door quit shaking, he grabbed all four of my uncles. And I think my, Young, my youngest uncle was only seven or eight at the time. And they all went out with the guns looking for it. And they could hear it growling and startling in the fog, but they couldn't see it. So they got a ladder and climbed up on the roof with flashlights. And my uncle had some kind of old spotlight and was shining it. And they finally got a glimpse of it. And he swears up and down it was a dog man, you know, big wolf head. They couldn't see the lower half in the body. And where they thought they couldn't shoot it because it wasn't a safe shot. So they were waiting to get another look at it, and they were up there till morning. I, I would have wasted the windows, the bookcases, the books, furniture. Yeah, it was. And I remember hearing that story when I was younger, and then they didn't talk about it for a long time. So I just asked my mom when she was home from Texas this year, was that true or was that just a campfire story to scare us? And she's like, no, that was absolutely true. Hello, Standing Stones and Mr. Decker. Hello, hello. What's up, fellas? How so we we'll start with you, Mr. Decker. What is Bigfoot? What is Bigfoot? Oh, man. Uh, nobody knows, man. Bigfoot, I personally believe there's multiple phenomenon that we are classifying under the name Bigfoot. I believe there is a flesh and blood creature that is a Bigfoot out there. But I also believe there are other entities that are presenting themselves to us as Bigfoot. So that's my personal belief on it. Standing stones? What do you think Bigfoot is? Can you hear me, Chris? Yeah, yeah, we can, we hear, can you. hear you. Okay, I had an echo. I had my um, AirPods in. Good to see everybody. Yeah, good to see you. So what do you think Bigfoot is? I have not seen one. Um, doesn't mean they don't exist. I definitely think they exist. There's been too many good sources of um, sightings and e evidence. Um, I, I don't think people would go through what they have to go through um, and bring out these stories and, and you know, and face ridicule, um, you know, that being said, um, 
No, I I never saw one. Um, I think I might have seen a, some sort of a cryptid thing on the way to work up last, <clears throat> probably about a year ago. Um, in the, early in the morning, I used to drive in about five o'clock, so I was going down Route One Hundred Nine towards the interstate, and I drove this road hundreds and hundreds of times. And as I come up the light, there's a long incline to the interstate. And I'm driving up, and something out of the left corner of my eye, I see something over in the ditch. And all of a sudden, it springs across the road. It's a four-lane road. And I, I did a double take. And by the time I looked back, it was almost to the other side of the road. And I, and I believe it was standing upright, leaning forward. So I, I was just trying to process that in my brain. And then uh, I continued up a little bit. And then I saw it again about 30 yards into the woods and it was pitch black, black as a telephone, and and its legs were spinning fast. And uh, I could only see the bottom half of it, and I never saw anything quite like that in my life. But I think there was two of them. Wow. And and so what I you know what I've heard and seen is that these things do crouch down, they get up, and they can move quite fast. And like I said, it was super black, and. Um, you know, I think some of the leaves are off the trees. That's why I could see it. But I only really saw the bottom half once it crossed the road. And then when I got up to the top of the rise, I looked over and I did not see it again. Um, that's, that's, and I really, really don't think it was a coyote. I know it's not a deer or a raccoon. It was, it was bigger than that. It was bigger than, um, you know, bigger than a raccoon because it did crouch down on the left side. It was in a ditch, like, and then it bolted across the road. But as far as Bigfoots go, um, no, I definitely believe believe in them, and I think they are they could be interdimensional. Uh, I don't think um, that they look more like apes. I think they look more like people. Um, some of the pictures I've seen that really blew my mind is their faces are kind of flat, and I've seen some kind of grayish white looking things with with, with smaller eyes. I've seen a few pictures of them, which I've seen similar. And I think they kind of look like that, but I think they all, you know, they definitely can be, look different. Um, had a couple definite knocks out behind my house one night and um, it, it was definitely something going on. I live in a kind of wooded area and probably about a half mile down the road, there's a um, power lines that go from probably Cape Cod all the way up into uh, New Hampshire, you know, if you, if you wanted to travel that far, but um, you know, I, I, I enjoy the show. Good seeing Brian and Chris and Decker and Grizz, but um, you know, I've been into, into this stuff for years, years and years. Um, even with the UFOs, ghosts, all that stuff, you know, I started young. Uh, having had a UFO experience at the age of 16. I think I said it was 13, but it was 16. And that was right in Boston, up in the woods there, Bellevue Hill Water Tower. And myself and a group of kids were up there during the winter, sledding. We used to go up there every Friday nights and stuff. And uh, there was like a long path that came down from the road. It's kind of like off limits, all pine trees. It's the highest point in the city. There's two water towers up there. There's a lot of... Um, antennas and stuff but this is back in 71 so so we were there and we were going up and down this path on on the toboggan and the sleds and and it was dark out and me and my buddy jim walked up the path to the road 
we stepped out into the road about maybe five, 10 feet. And this thing just lit up above us out of the blue. It was uh, overwhelming. And I can, I can describe it as like being in the front row of a movie theater and have the movie come on. Wow. It was, it was more or less oval. Maybe uh, it looked like a freight train with white lights on it. And I was frozen in place. He said to me, what the F is that? And I said, I don't know. He said, let's go, let's go. And he was trying to pull me and I couldn't move. He was pulling my jacket. And um, I, I think we only looked at it for 15, 20 seconds and we ran back down the path. But we were like 400 feet away from this thing. And uh, I can equate it to, you know, at the beginning of um, those prison of war movies when they put those bright lights on it up at up in the uh, towers right that noise doom like that so there was like a a, a light i mean a huge um brightness started up and um i didn't see it come or go it made no noise and but we definitely saw it and this kid was no screwball he was an honor student at boston latin went on to become a cpa and I really didn't see him a lot because he was my my buddy's cousin. Um, so about probably about five years ago, I was at a wake for his um, this kid's mom, and I was I said to myself, if I ever see this kid again, I'm going to ask him. So there's the wake, and I out of the blue, I said, Hey Jim, do you remember the night we were up the water tower and we saw that thing? And he just looked at me and he goes, Yeah. He goes, I always thought it was some sort of government thing. So it wasn't just me. Um, it was the kind of thing where you didn't talk about it. No one believed us. The ki- other kids that were up there did not believe us. And uh, my sister believed me. But there was a huge UFO flap back in the 70s, early 70s in my area. And that could have very well been one of them. Um, and, you know, I put it out of my mind for decades. And then one day I was up there with my dog walking and everything kind of came back to me. But I don't believe I had any missing time or anything like that. I really don't know if we, if we had any missing time, the the kids we went back to see probably would have said, where you guys been for the last three hours? But I don't think that happened. But anyways, that kind of opened my eyes. Yeah, it would me too. Decker, you got any new uh, Bigfoot reports coming out your way? Uh, Not right now. Nothing new going on. Um, Spending time with my family. I got some fun uh, paranormal kind of encounters going on but nothing nothing bigfoot nothing crypto related at the moment nothing new yeah i'm waiting for the hunters to start calling in and reporting stuff that's what mm-hmm. i'm waiting for yep won't be I long was, i was telling everybody before you came on i'm seeing everybody's big bucks they're harvesting yeah so i'm waiting for the big report starting to roll in so i'm sure i'm sure they will because oh yeah cool. can i can i play. say something i yeah. want to say something i mean um Grizz, you had a show on probably eight months ago, and I can't remember who the guest was, but he he was said that he was with another kid, and they were in a pickup truck, and they were in a state park, and they were eating lunch, and they just happened to be in there eating lunch, kind of watching the goings on. And he said there was like a picnic going on, like a like a Hispanic family was in the in the in the park having a birthday party, and they were just watching, you know, what's going on, eating their lunch. And a couple of little kids kind of wandered down away from the from the campsite, and they noticed something in the woods on the edge, and they said it was a dog man. 
So I don't know if they said they, they scared it off by beeping the horn or anything, but the kids went back to the where they were and some, some commotion happened, but within five minutes, men in black showed up in these cars. Yes. Like they were around the corner. Do you remember that story? Yes, I do. And then they, they approached the kid, the guys eating their lunch in the pickup truck and they wanted their cell phones. Yes. They wanted to make sure that they had no recorded video. One of the kids put up a stink and before they even left the state park, like the, I think he said one of the guys bosses was, um, notified one kid, one guy lost his job, right? Yep. One. Yep. Sure did. So that's yeah, pretty, that was- that's pretty crazy. So what, what I kind of thought may have been going on there now, Deca may agree or not agree. They might have GPS in these things and they know where they are because they were, they were an experiment gone wrong. So there are uh, reports allegedly uh, that that these creatures do have trackers on them and they are being monitored. Uh, we do get those reports. Deckers can confirm that. I don't know if mm-hmm. Chris can, but we do get reports saying that and that they are monitored and people are monitoring with these little dishes that look like para, uh, para, what do you call them? Parabolic. Yeah, parabolic dishes. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. about this big. They look similar to the parabolic dishes, but they they are portable, and they're either inside a vehicle or outside a vehicle, or they're using drones to monitoring these creatures. So, Chris, do you, do you remember where that was? What state that was? And any any yeah, the, no, was on that story, show? That story is from uh, Bill Not Hewitt, right and it was in it was in Mayaca State Park in Florida. Oh, it was in Florida. Yeah, there was two. There was actually two guys watching. They were watching kids play, but it was uh, one of the employees, uh, park employees, and a vendor. And the vendor basically had his, you know, contract canceled right away, and the employee was let go right after the whole situation. Yeah, they they confiscated. They confiscated the phones, took out the SIM cards, wiped it, handed their phones back, and told them to get out. Um, yeah. It's, so it's, so it, that it's goes to tell area. me, and I think one of the kid, the guys had had said that outside the park or, or adjacent to where that maybe the park ranger station was was another um, building with black black vehicles. Yeah. You know, yeah. He he said he looked on uh, Google Earth, and you can see not far away from there, there is some basically black SUVs stationed not far away. Uh, you know how Google Earth is; it can be in the past. So I'm sure it wasn't that exact day. Um, so there's probably one around not too far away, but there's been other reports in that area too, of dogmen and Bigfoot. So it's, uh, it's interesting how they just show up literally like almost immediately sometimes. So it's got to make you wonder if they're, they're being, you know, traced or if they got some kind of devices on them that are for tracking, you know, it only makes sense. Well, we had one girl uh, on the show. I I don't remember what show it was. Uh, it was a park, and they had signs, uh, recording in progress, cameras, whatnot. Uh, and she left a recorder in there, and it rained. And uh, she went back to get the cam or the recorder, and all the signs were gone. And she was told she couldn't go back there or something. And when she went and got the recorder. It's, she sounded. She said it sounded like a a, a war zone, and uh, it was nothing but gunfire. And 
she thinks that they went in and cleaned them out. So, and I want her to come back and play that audio on the show. Wow. Yeah. So, because cool. I want to, yeah. I want to validate that. Yeah. See, I, I never really even heard about Dogman until maybe three years ago. Uh, probably when I started listening to the show, you know, I've always heard about Bigfoot and I used to watch like In Search of and all that stuff. But um, I, I read a couple books. Um, you know, I have all sorts of books and stuff, but um, yeah, the Dogman thing, it just freaks me out if it's, you know, I think they're just made to kill I, I i don't know what do you think decker well stories of dogman or dog-headed creatures have been around for thousands of years so the idea that dogman itself is some kind of government experiment or entity you have to kind of understand that they've been around for a long time that being said i i can see where the government would either have gotten some and raised some and then bred them or something like that, or are somehow using them for a military capacity. So I have no problem with the idea that the government has some that they've either chipped or tracked or they're, they're tracking certain groups are either genetically modified or just wild groups. I don't have any issues with that part of it. Um, it's just understanding that these things have been around for a very long time as well. You know what I mean? And and they go back to the days of the old explorers in Europe. Um, islands supposedly reported that were completely just populated with dog-headed men. Uh, they called them Sinocephaly back then in the Greek. Uh, so they've been around forever, just like Bigfoot and the other creatures have. Um, but I do believe there has been, uh, I guess you would say, military applications with them. And it would just make sense. It would just make sense to me that they're trying to do something like that. You know, I personally talked to Joe Barger one time, uh, the gentleman out of the Manistee Forest area that shot a dog man. Uh, it was alongside his truck. He was a, a truck driver, like a semi truck. And it was trying to get in in the passenger side. And he just grabbed his sidearm and shot it right through the window in the face. And by the time he was able to get up to a place and turn back around, uh, there was a couple of Jeeps that had pulled over at the exact spot. And he had the suspicion that they were somehow government related as well. And this was in the middle of the forest on his truck route. Uh, I believe it was late at night or early in the morning. I could be wrong on the time frame on that. Uh, but the stories are there and the eyewitnesses are there. I mean, it's out there. It happens. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah. If you think back, you know, they, I don't know if there's a werewolf dogman, if there's a combination of the two, but, um, yeah, you're right on that. The dog-headed um, things mm -hmm. were in Egypt on the wall. I don't know if that was Anubis. something, you know, all that, mm -hmm. that stuff way back when. Mm -hmm. So Jesse C. says they have a device much like a dog whistle. It's like a sonar. So we actually have reports of this. Uh, mm -hmm. People that come forward saying that they have people in uniform without patches. They have some kind of device and they use it and the creatures in the woods would go crazy and so will their pets when they use it and uh, but they cannot hear it audibly so whatever they're using their pets can hear it but the humans cannot mm -hmm. so i don't know if they're using it to locate them the ones that are not chipped or micro or whatever you call it but now we do have reports that we've got 
eyewitness in people that came forward that alleged kill teams that are 45 days on and 45 days off to go in in hot spots across America allegedly go out and hunt these creatures, whether they're Bigfoot or Dogman, and try to clear them out or take them down or whatever they do. Just like Mount St. Helens, they went in there yep. and tried to capture them. And once they didn't, they went in, got recovered the bodies after the fact and, and brought them out. Now, like I, everybody's like, well, do you have documentation of that? They're not going to put that in the newspaper. You're going to see it on six o'clock news. You know, I heard the same thing, Riz. Yeah. You know, people were there and they saw it, you know, just like when, when Martin went missing of the Appalachian Trail, you know, and they brought in the the service people and the and Green Berets, yep. people, yeah, you Berets, know, yeah. they had no weapons. Un- unarmed. Yes. You know, it, it, it's <laughs> interesting how they scrub things and change things mm-hmm. over the years. So, it, you know, that. <sighs> You just, you just can't take our words for things, right? And and that's why we look at why I'm so upset about all this technology uh, about stuff. And, yeah, and, you know, LBL, I mean, we can beat that to, to the dust rises up in the air with LBL because uh, it's still a hot topic to the day because there's so much truth to that encounter. Uh, but there's other stuff that's happened across the country that goes unnoticed because it's animal attacks, right? Animals gone wild or bear attacks, oh, yeah. whatever they, however they classify them, uh, that is not reported. Uh, so, and, and, and we get that information secondhand and we got somebody on the front lines that can tell us, but he cannot tell us where he gets the information from. And we all know who that is. So uh, I love the North in the LBL, Gary says. So what do you think about the LBL, Decker? Um, I, I think there's definitely something going on there. The question nowadays is separating out the legend, the myth, the lore versus what's really going on. And that, that always is a problem when you have a, a historical hotspot, right? So obviously we all know the original, you know, master of LBL. And and the, the truth is that story in and of itself is even questionable. Not saying it didn't happen, not saying it did happen, but because it's been so long ago and the story has become, as you know, I've been researching more than anything now, is like urban legend to a point where people are making claims and we're just taking it as gospel truth. And I believe that, you know, a lot of this stuff is just kind of, probably not as as uh, fantastic as some of the stories say they are but that doesn't mean there's not a reality to what's going on there um i personally believe that the lbl definitely has a lot of activity both uh dogman and bigfoot and then other uh, entities as well that go on there i believe that's a big reason why the area was formed in the first place um it's kind of unusual to have a a park that crosses the, the boundaries like that and the borders and the way they did it. Uh, same thing in the Great Smokies um, and how it, it's kind of run by the state in Tennessee, but it's also kind of run by federal. So there's a lot of, of uh, ambiguity going on there. So there's, they use that as a cover for the reports and, and why they don't track things. And you know what I mean? It's a good smoke screen for them. Uh, I know the small town monsters crew was just down in the LBL, uh, working with the Hendersons, Elijah and, and Gabriel and, and working on some film stuff down that way. And there's definitely a lot of 
strange stuff coming from the LBL. Um, I know Daryl Denton and, and Barton and all those guys have done a lot of research down there. And they're coming across a lot of entities and things that have nothing to do with Bigfoot or Dogman. So there's definitely something going on in that area. And I don't think we'll ever know what it is. I really don't. I think it's just going to be too covered up. All we're going to get is little bits and pieces of random stories coming out of there. But my opinion is it's definitely a hot spot for whatever reason for a lot more than just cryptids going on down there. Yeah, there's something going on. Uh, And it's been going on, especially the people that I talk to that goes down there that shouldn't be in certain places. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh and the reports that they're giving me is just mind blowing. Mind blowing. Yeah. And it's like, well, I'm like, are you documenting this? Or like, yeah, but uh, who's gonna believe what I've got? Because, you know, unless you know me, they're gonna be like, it's made up. Yep. And I was like, Well, you got a point there, and I agree, you know, uh, because you're not well known out in the community. I see where you're what you're saying. Because uh, we had this topic before in other shows as well about, you know, bringing forth evidence, mm-hmm. uh, especially with the technology today. And and we just said this before you came on the show. I mean, any more pictures and audio and video is not going to cut it. Nope. Well, and and speaking of videos, I saw Gene made a comment in the chat about the Gable film with the dog man. Yes. I hate to swash that. That really is fake. I know the I know the waitress that waited on the monster crew, monster quest crew, and I know one of the DJs, Jack O'Malley, who's now a senator from Michigan, was in on it. Wow, that really is bunk. Yeah, I, I, I can't stand when they do that. Like that thing that was on um, the web Colorado. about a month, a month ago. The guy in the train, yeah, the Colorado, you know, filming that yeah, thing, yeah. and then then it was debunked soon after. Yep, the reason the guy put that film out was just to draw more attention to the dog man because it was coming up on that seventh year. You know, that's the big thing in Michigan, the seventh year is when they come out. So he put that film out and the DJs got in on it to give his, because one of the DJs from Traverse City is the one that wrote that song, The Dog Man. Mm-hmm. And so he went along with it and then Monster Quest started digging deeper and deeper and they're like, okay, this has gone too far. We're going to get in trouble. So they came out and Wow. So, yeah, it's we put it on, and then you're gonna, some, you're gonna uh, get hoaxers, I mean, it's natural, you're gonna get some hoaxers, it's gonna happen. Yeah. People are people, um, but it's just gonna get worse and worse with the AI capabilities. Um, it's harder to trust what you see. It used to be before you see it with your eyes, you believe it. Now, you can't even do that, so it's almost you gotta know the source of the yeah. information in order to believe it. So it's getting harder and harder for sure. I I gotta I gotta tell Decker he did such a good job on that. Um, the Norsemen coming and encountering the um, the Bigfoot thing and the timeline didn't match and all that yeah, stuff. The first recorded he did a Bigfoot great job in America. That. Explain that, Mister Decker. Well, basically, it's an urban legend in the Bigfoot world how uh, Leif Erikson. And his crew in 1986 A.D. uh, coming to America encountered Bigfoot or large hairy creatures, as they said, uh, on the St. Lawrence River. Uh, And supposedly this was recorded in Leif Erikson's diary. 
And so that that's how the story goes. But I traced it and tracked it down to where that actually all started. And it's uh, a complete fallacy that never happened. Uh, the timeline is off. Uh, the location is off. And even the words and descriptions that they were talking about were Native Americans. And Leif Erickson never had a diary. So, I mean, the, the, every part of that urban legend is completely bunk. And if you take the time to trace it, and it wasn't hard, it cost me all about $15 to get the books uh, to track it down. It's pretty easy to, to figure out. Yeah, because I, I got to, you know, like I said, I like history and stuff. Um, mm hmm and um, I got some New England um, small booklets with with the Norsemen and this and that. So, when, so actually, when the Pilgrims came here, they they did not land in Plymouth Harbor. They had landed down again to Provincetown, and they got out and they ramsacked um, some corn stores for the Nauset Indians down there. They took their corn, and um, they got some arrows shot at them. But they supposedly saw a. a um, a grave down there and they opened the grave up and it was supposedly a, a Viking with blondish hair. That's the story. But then they went and settled in Plymouth Harbor, but Plymouth Harbor was discovered by Champlain before they even mm -hmm. got there. And it was called St. Point, uh, Port St. Louis. So if the, you, people think the pilgrims were the first ones around here, they weren't. So mm -hmm. people's history is all screwed up. Yeah, because I think they found a Viking ship on the Mississippi River. I think uh, three years ago. Yeah, I'm into I'm into that early stuff. So I I way back when I, I'm like 20 years ago, I got a book called America BC by Barry Pell, and he was a Harvard. Um, I don't know if he's an anthropologist or whatnot, but he he found all sorts of runes and different things like that. All I mean, the Tennessee Back Cave. Uh, spirit mm -hmm. pond up in uh, New Hampshire, Maine. They found runes, you know, and like like um, Deck was talking about, you know, I believe they, the the Vikings and the, some of the Celtics and the Portuguese were over here. They were up in New Nova Scotia. They were around here. Um, the story is that um, Sinclair came over here and made it as far down as Westport, um, Westford, Massachusetts. And there was a group of them, and um, the, the uh, sergeant at arms that was his protector's name was Gun G U N N. So he was supposedly killed by an Indian there. And the story is, there's a big stone that was been there since colonial times, and carved on the stone is is the shield for his family, uh, the Gun family. So you you really there's so much stuff that goes, you know. You can believe it or you can't believe it. But I've been to like a lot of um, chamber sites around New England, you know, because I read that book. I was really interested in it. And so we were up on vacation up in South Woodstock, Vermont, my wife, myself, my daughter and her little girlfriend. And we were like doing the tour shit. And um, sorry about that. But I walked over to the um, the uh, tourist guy thing it was like a little little bus thing on the side of the road and i walked in it was like 85 90 year old woman in there and i said if you know what this um stone chamber is and she kind of looked at me and took her glasses off and she goes you're only like the second person in three years to ask me about this so she made a phone call she kind of pointed me in the right direction so i went off with my wife and tow and the kids and they're like where you going where you going so i drove about six eight miles down this road and I didn't really know where I was going and then I saw a mailman and a rural you know rural 
mail truck. And I pulled over and I asked him and he goes, yeah, it's right up there. It's up that road on the left. He goes, it's, it's, it's off limits because the kids were up there um, drinking and the thing. So I went up to the top of the road and I went in there and it's a stone um, chamber like they have up in the Hudson River Valley. And it's called the Winter Solstice Chamber. And on December 21st, when the sun comes up um, on the shortest day of the year, the light would come right in the back of that chamber and light up the, like the, the back wall. And I had pictures of it. I took pictures with myself and I saw another um, uh, standing stone actually outside that about maybe not even 200 feet away, kind of all grown in. But I've been to that place, uh, Burnt Hill in Massachusetts, uh, Stonehenge up there in New Hampshire, a whole bunch of stuff. So I've always been interested in that stuff. They got named Standing Stones for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you really look at what I call the alternative history, and in reality, it's the real history. Uh, you know, the North American continent was very well uh, populated and civilized and advanced for the culture and everything. Uh, going going all the way back, I mean, the Native Americans took this land from other people. Um, and they have stories about that. You know what I mean? That's part of their legend and lores. And, and there's evidence. I mean... Uh, they have found copper from Upper Michigan, the Upper Peninsula, the Copper Harbor area, in Europe and yep. in Egypt, and exactly. all these other things. And they know it's the same copper because they do molecular analysis and chemical analysis on it. And and they even note that there is not enough copper anywhere else in the world that could have um, begot the Bronze Age, right? Bronze is a copper uh, mixture, right? Exactly and the only place. Right in the world that had enough copper to actually fund something called the bronze age, the copper had to come from upper Michigan and that in and of itself uh, denotes the fact that there was international trade. There was the logistics there. There was probably uh, a unified trade language and trade currency and, and all these things that have to go along with that kind of commerce. Yep. You know, they, and they, yeah, they came they up to St. Lawrence Seaway, the Phoenicians, the Libyans, all mm -hmm. sailed ships up there, and they went. I guess it was. Um, I don't know if it's called Port Port Royal, yep. where they where they got a lot of the, um, the the copper, like you said, and they found those smelting furnaces all over Ohio and up in that region mm -hmm. that predate the 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 early um, settlers over there, and they found those Salutrian uh, points all up and down Virginia and Florida. So the the the, the uh, notion that the um, we were settled by the um, Chinese Mongolians walking over the that land bridge is is I don't think it's true. I mean, they, they said Phoenicians came not Phoenici Phoenicians came here, but um, let me let me backtrack. Polynesians came here too from, and they landed in Chile. Wait, you know they came here from different places, and it could have been people mm -hmm. here anyways. Absolutely. That's so that was a rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> right. I well, like it. Just, it just goes to show, you know, it's, you know, when Decker went and chased that Bigfoot down, the story, the first accountant in America, you know, because when he asked me, I was like, yeah, Leif Erickson, everybody knows that. And he was like, when, he, when, when he, when he, when he brought up the year and he told me, uh, the source, I was like, yeah, here we go. It's not, it's not going to be good. 
Yep. And uh, uh, and it goes to show, you know, uh, a lot of people take things at face value and, and we shouldn't. And I know a lot of people that use that reference in their in their speeches, in their presentations, mm-hmm. when they give to audiences as their as their accounts. They they just won't give up the, the ship with the you know they have a I forget the guy's name but he was a um I don't know a history anthropology type thing and they stick to it they don't want to vary from it they don't want anything to the the rock the bolt uh, boat rather on how things went in sequence yeah there's you a know, narrative um, involved in it and they want us to know a certain narrative and and that's, that's it, it a narrative that that's it you know. Yeah, but a lot of people will uh, hear something, right? And they hear it from somebody that's very well known or very well respected. And they're like, oh, he's done his homework, so that's gospel. So I'm going to take that and use it. And next thing you know, it goes down the line, just like that telephone call, right? Mm -hmm. Whisper in one ear and go around the Mm -hmm. ring. And by the time it comes back around, it's nowhere near, just like the LBL story. Or not story, let's say the encounter. Right, they're, find, they're finding things in Florida are actually thirty four thousand years old, like bones of of people down there. I, you know, I've only been down there a couple of times. Um, I mean, I and we were over uh, New, near New Smyrna Beach, and down the end of that peninsula, they have these uh, oyster shell mounds. I mean, they're huge, and the Indians would use it for, as a vantage point to look around. I believe. But they've got to be four stories tall and four stories wide. And they've been yeah, there since God knows when. Yeah. That's a good segue because I was going to ask you, Justin, what your thought is. Because I've got a bit of a fascination on Indian mounds in general and the okay. giant bones that have been discovered. What's your take on this? Um, I think a lot of the giant – I believe there, there was and still is a race of giants hanging around. Um, I have no issue with that. I think the evidence points to it. And even to this day and age, I believe there's some remnant populations floating around. Um, and I believe the Americas were populated by a race of what we would refer to as giants at some point. And I think a lot of that's been covered up because it goes against the current mandate of evolution when it comes to, uh, science and, and how they have to operate with things. Um, and I think a lot, do you think they have tied a Bigfoot by any chance? Or Nephilim? Um, or I think some of them do. Line? I think some of them do. Um, I'm not a big uh, proponent of the idea that Bigfoot has this an exceptional culture that involves, you know, ceremonies and rituals and then a lot of stuff like that. I'm not saying it's not possible. It's just not where I'm at with it right now. Um, but I also believe Bigfoot buried their dead. And so I have no issue with, with some of the mounds or rock piles or stuff that have giant bones in them. Or just giant bones being found. I mean, how many stories are there of giant bones being found in a farmer's field? You know, we're not talking an Indian mound or anything like that. They just happen to dig up, you know, a 12-foot-tall skeleton in the farmer's field somewhere. And I think those cases are more than likely Bigfoot-related, or they could be more Bigfoot-related than, like, an actual mound. At the same time, we know a lot of indigenous tribes revered Bigfoot has thought of them as a forest god or, you know, very other, various other ways of viewing them. And so it wouldn't surprise me if they 
came across the body or, or whatever, that they would also treat it with the utmost respect and reverence and, and provide whatever type of burial ceremony that those Indians used, you know? And so I firmly believe that a lot of the giant bones that are, are being covered up and hidden by the Smithsonian and other institutes uh, very probably and most likely are Bigfoot with, with almost without a doubt, because there has to be an issue there. You know what I mean? But that doesn't mean there also wasn't a race of giants like I believe there was as well. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's been known that Smithsonian comes and captures the bones and later down the road when asked about it, oh, we don't have any record of that. We can't and this find, just yeah. Goes, this just goes back to the history that has been, you know, as we were mm -hmm. saying, a narrative and because it, it goes against everything they've laid down as this is the history. So mm -hmm. They don't want to expose that, right? But it's a little. And you guys, all... you can go back and find eighty. You, you find countless newspaper articles, countless yeah. from eighteen hundreds, yeah. early nineteen hundreds, talking about giant bones being discovered. Yeah, and some of them, yes, Indian mounds, some of them not. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, it, it's just it's crazy if if you can't think that that's not real. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The well, Lovelock Cave episode, the Indian, I guess it's folklore from the Indians. I've heard it numerous times. Um, they they were cannibals, apparently, but uh, I don't know that to be true. And they, that's they, uh, that's another one I'm researching as an urban legend. Okay. And the way it's put forth in the Bigfoot community is not how the original story is laid out. So I'll just put it that way as kind of a teaser for an upcoming. Uh, research project that I'm working on. Cool. I'm talking about the um, the giants. They they had Lovelock Cave. Is that what you're talking yep. about? That's okay. exactly what I'm talking about. Yep. The redheaded yeah. giants of Lovelock Cave. Yeah. And now, where was that? <laughs> what what state was that? Oh man, um, I don't have my notes, and I'm not Nevada, prepared. So I, I want to say Nevada or Utah, Nevada. somewhere okay, out was, there. I want to say yeah. You're right. Yep. Because the Indians allegedly uh, smoked them, put all the branches and wood in front of it at night and smoked yep. them and killed them. Yeah. There's a lot of loose ends with that original story. There's a lot of uh, folklore, Indian lore, and then the idea that it was ex excavated. Um, that's all, all in there and all tied together. And it's just, it's not what it's been purported to be in the Bigfoot world. So that's going to be another interesting one, yes. Yep. Brian, you're awful quiet. <laughs> I'm just sitting back taking it in. Um, <laughs> you know, I, they, to me, the, Brian, Brian one of my, my, my goals in my bucket list is to come out and visit you, and you can take me bigfooting for a few days. Uh, we'll, we'll give it a run. God, that's all needs is get a call from the DNR from from YouTube with peanut butter jars. <laughs> yeah. butter. <laughs> Love blockades in Nevada. Yeah, Nevada. Thank Nevada. you. So, well, you know, we're talking about you know the narrative, but they almost have to stick to it at this point, don't they? Because if you pull one little pull one thread out, then the whole blanket unravels because mm -hmm. the other science is flawed. You prove mm -hmm. it. So they almost are stuck with, even though we know they're covering it up, they're kind of stuck having to do it. But people have tunnel vision. They just don't see outside what they're looking at. I mean, they have no scope of um, 
looking at other ways, as far as I can see. Well, they don't want, they don't want most people aren't curious enough. Yeah. You look at religion alone. That would the Catholic Roman Church. That you know, like Doctor Carl says, he would love to go in the Vatican vaults and just spend oh yeah, just right? a few hours in it. there, right? Let me, hours. Let me, she can spend a year in there probably <laughs> trying to go through all that crap so, that they got hidden. Let me run run this by you. I think um, that Jeffrey Epstein's actually living in, over there in those walls, protected. That that that's been a rumor. So, that, that, I didn't I, know it was I, a rumor. I, I just yeah. thought it up, and I'm like, I bet you that's where he is. The, they they took him out real quick. There's too many uh, big wigs on that one. So, oh, yeah, well, you, you got knew, you knew it was serious when they took out the judge and his family too. Yeah, on the case. I mean, that oh, was, I didn't know that. Serious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they well, the story was that it was a weekend. It was like su- Saturday or Sunday, Grizz, and um, there was there was um, a couple guards in there, and th- the door opened to the street, and then come down an unmarked van, and they never transport anybody there on weekends whatsoever. And a few guys got out in black jumpsuits. I think they had a, a gurney with them or not. I'm not sure, but. You know, a few hours later, they take off. And this kid reported this on social media somewhere. That's how it all starts. It's a rumor, right? Some people take it. but And then, of course, the, the, the cameras aren't working and all that. No, that, all does, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't help their story at all, right? But yeah. It's, <laughs> that's still magic. Wait- every, every time the, the cameras stop working. Still waiting for the <laughs> list to come out. Right. <laughs> That's never going to happen. So guess who we got tomorrow night on our show, Justin? What's that? None of us. None of us. Miss Marty. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, What a surprise for you. Uh, I'm going to let her run the show. So she's already got a topic. And you know anything (laughs) about her topic? Um, I I know the name. I've done a little bit on it. Um, I'm just excited because I've never actually, like, I know the name. I know Miss the Marty, you know Miss Marty's name and all that, and I know she's coming up. Uh, but I've never looked. I've got so much other stuff going on right now that I haven't really been keeping up. You know what I mean? Good. That's, that's uh, good for you. Yeah, and I'm I'm excited to be able to kind of pick her brain firsthand and talk to her firsthand without having any prior knowledge or, or preconceived ideas of of what's going to happen. So I'm really looking forward to that tomorrow. Sometimes going in blind works good too, you know. It's my favorite. I'm not going to lie. It is my favorite way to go into something is completely blind because then it's real and it's a, it's a natural organic conversation and it's not a bunch of prefab stuff. It's not a bunch of preset questions. It's a real organic conversation. And that's what I love. That's the best thing. I always told everybody, don't tell me nothing. I just want to see the report. That's it. That's it. Every time I get invited onto a talk show or something, they say, well, what's your topic? I'm like, whatever. Like surprise me! Don't don't even tell me something ahead of time. Just start throwing questions at me that I'm totally unprepared for. Let's have fun with it. It's not like we stay on topic, anyways. When we do pick one, right? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> well, gentlemen, it's been a wonderful night. Thank you, Standing Stones and Brian and Mister Decker, Mister Chris. It's been wonderful, Thank you guys. Hey, Grizz, yeah. before you go, I wanted yeah. wanted to t- tell you I'm wearing your uh, your dog man uh, long sleeve tee, right. brother. Yeah. 
I don't know if you can see the logo. What size yeah, is it? Sure on this can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Sage green double XL. There we go. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And from coast to coast, ladies and gentlemen, around the world, we'll catch you on the next show. Good night, everybody. Night all. Bye bye. We'll see you guys.